When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello. Welcome to another thrilling episode of Telling Everybody Everything. Last week, Bobby and I gave our positive birth story of Fred's arrival into the world. Baby Fred is a week plus one day. Well, like not a one day. A week plus how many hours? Five and then nine, 14 hours. A week plus 14 hours old. And he has been an absolute dream. He's the easiest baby, happy, eats when he wants to eat, sleeps when he wants to sleep. And I am just in such a calm, relaxed place in my life, lovely relationship, supportive husband who helps with everything, you can do it on your own. But if you can have some help, and if you can be calm and peaceful, I think those are the magic ingredients to having a calm, peaceful baby. Because I was pretty much bouncing off the walls when Violet was born, and uh, my life was a bit of a shambles. And she was a shambolic newborn, like really pissed off to be entering the world and remained pissed off for three months at least, and then gradually relaxed from there. We found our way. We found our way in the end. And Violet will always be my best girl. And I respect her. I respect her for challenging me as a 25-year-old new mom. And you know what? I was an angry baby myself. So no harm, no foul. No hard feelings there whatsoever. Don't worry, this is not going to become a mommy blogger podcast. Maybe you're thinking, oh God, I haven't got kids. I'm not interested in kids. I don't want to hear the shit. There are a few things that I was going to bring up today that I think are universally fascinating. I mean, I hadn't heard of them. And even if I I didn't have Fred, I would want to know about this. So, I mean, it has to be said, no disrespect to mommy bloggers. I follow many a mommy blogger on Instagram. I think it is a great life. You get to stay home with your family, use a lot of cool presets, filters, whatever they're doing, and um, get free products and review them and just upload videos now and then. Yes, you've monetized and exploited your children in many cases, but that's fine. They don't care. They don't know. They don't know that. Um, And then you clean your sink. You're like, oh, look at these products I used to clean my sink. Look how I organize this like glass jar of bonbons. If you don't like a mommy blogger, then you are a hater. Jaloux, it looks fun. And and the ones that I follow, they just, they relax me. They've got clean houses usually. They've got some great content. I get to see some cute kids. And they tell me about different deals. They get little coupons and they're like, oh, look, these shakes are pretty awesome. I love them. I love them. I have no interest in becoming one. Um, I'm going back to work on Wednesday, that's in two days, I'm filming something really cool for Netflix. And then the following day, I'm filming really something cool for ITV. Will that be okay with Fred? Mm, not sure. I went out yesterday with my friend Emily Dean. Oh, if you don't listen to her Walking the Dog podcast for The Times, you must. And she also co-hosts Frank Skinner's radio show on a Saturday morning, which we always put on in the kitchen. That was on Absolute Radio, which has now gone digital. This is not an ad. I just love Emily. I just love Emily. Emily is her own walking advert. 
Do you know everyone? Lo- Jacob Rees-Mogg even likes Emily, and not to say that he shouldn't, but if if you are the kind of spirit, if you are the kind of soul who can attract both me and Jacob Rees-Mogg as admirers, then you've got it all. You've got it all. Emily's a chameleon. A chameleon. She can just adjust to any situation, and everyone loves her because that's Emily Dean. Anyway, we went to go collect Violet in the car because, you know, you still got to do some things with Violet. She would like to be taken to Wagga's one of these days, and I hope to take her this week. And I thought, um, yeah, I'd love to be behind the wheel again, not crowning. Let's give it a go. And Fred absolutely freaked out, which he doesn't do. But I had made the rookie mistake of leaving Bobby without any milks. I left him without any milks because I thought Fred had had enough. But he's drinking more and more. And I wanted to bring up the issue of newborn jaundice. If you don't know what jaundice is, I mean, I don't know how it manifests in an adult. It's when people have yellow whites of their eyes and really yellow skin. It's a liver problem in an adult, but newborn jaundice is different. So I've been reading about it because it's something that you want to avoid, but it's also something that really confuses me because, all right, well, not a newborn. When a baby is in the womb, their oxygen level is only like 76% or something. They don't need as much oxygen in the womb as you and I do. They get it through the placenta and stuff, but obviously they're not breathing air. They don't have a lot of like physical exercise to do in there. So their oxygen level is whatever. And then when they're born, they're introduced to this world, this atmosphere. They have to deal with all this oxygen and their oxygen level goes up to like 99, 100, you know, whatever ours is. And that creates lots of new red blood cells. That is a great thing. But a byproduct of red blood cells, antioxidant style byproduct, is bilirubin. So as the red blood cells are dealt with and metabolized and excreted, whatever, this bilirubin happens. And it's a fine thing to have, and we all have it. But in a newborn, their liver can't metabolize the bilirubin. So it builds up in their skin sometimes. And that's why you see newborns look a little bit orange or yellowy, like George Hamilton. You know, they've been to a little baby tanning bed, little Saint-Tropez. And they get a bit orange, and the midwife always looks at that because you can have a certain amount of bilirubin, and eventually they wee and poo it out, and you're meant to put them in sunlight, and that helps turn the bilirubin under the skin into a water-soluble molecule that they can actually get rid of. But you can also have too much bilirubin if it doesn't turn water-soluble and get excreted. Then you could have a very real problem in the bloodstream. So that's why it's so important. They do need to watch it because it can be severe, though it's not usually severe. Over 50% of newborns have you know some level of jaundice that is absolutely fine. And the midwife watches it. And I swear there are different clinical levels of bilirubin and like midwife home birth levels of bilirubin that are acceptable. And my nightmare is always them taking the baby away, them going, oh, well, he's too jaundiced. He's got to come with us, be in a hospital during a pandemic. And the best place for him to be is away from you and your tits and under this light. Have you ever seen babies wearing these masks to protect their eyes and they're in like a light box for phototherapy. That's to help get rid of this bilirubin. And if your baby has to do that, you know, he's fine. They do it for a few hours, give them a break, feed them, whatever. It's fine. It doesn't hurt them. But I just didn't want to deal with this song and dance. So I'm always scared of the jaundice check from the midwife. They said Violet was jaundiced. I was like, fuck off. She's fine. She's a bit orange. She's feeding fine. She'll be fine. 
they didn't take Violet. Um, it wasn't that bad. So Fred, again, I was like, oh my gosh, they said he looks orange. I mean, everyone looks orange next to me because I'm the color of actual ham. So I thought, Bobby, when she comes to check, you hold her because you're also orange. These Dutch men have to stick together and fight the jaundice midwife. And then I was looking online because she said, well, he's a bit jaundiced, so I'm going to come back and check it again. I was like, Christ's sake. And there is such an easy solution. It is called a billy blanket. It is a LED therapy light blanket that you could easily just plug in and put in their cot and lay them on. It costs like a hundred pounds. It's available in America. It's a thing that you can have and you can just bring home with your newborn and it's not available here. Why? Like I have an LED mask and that's a different type of light. I think the babies need like a blue green light. I have a red light LED mask and I strap that on my face and I turn it on and that's okay for home use. I can buy that from anywhere, but we can't buy these Billy blankets for babies. And why? Because we could save so many new parents the like scary week of, oh my God, is the jaundice midwife going to take my baby and put him under a light? If we just have Billy blankets, it's such a fucking simple invention send every new parent home and their newborn with a billy blanket. Have I done the research on this? No. Do I know if you can like overdo the phototherapy and maybe it's bad for them and that's why we're not trusted to take it home? No. These are not my responsibilities. Um, You could check that out for yourself. I'm sure they have good reasons. Why not? But I'm telling you, the midwife came back. She checked Fred's levels. He does not have jaundice at all. And I was like, you see, he's just kind of orange. He... You know, he he's love, loves the Lindsay Lohan 2006 life. Mykonos, bitch. Anyway, Billy Rubin. What's up with Billy Rubin? Today on Telling Everybody Everything, I wanted to talk to you about how to keep a calm and peaceful relationship. I am someone who is not easily riled. I'm chill 24 hours a day. There's really nothing that riles me up at all. I mean, I was kind of scared that after I had Fred, I might have a mental health wobble because a lot of people do uh, postnatal depression and postpartum like, you know, mood swings are absolutely a thing. And I was scared of it because obviously it's hormonal, it's chemical, you don't have control over it. And I thought, oh, no, I love being peaceful, peaceful, Catherine Ryan. What if this is taken away from me? I don't want that don't worry, it wasn't. I've remained cool, calm, and collected throughout the week. But, but, two days ago, something occurred in my relationship that threatened that peace. Because, I mean, I'd had a baby six days before, so I was having some human feelings. Less of my robot, always happy, always calm self, more vulnerable to human emotions, I guess. And I thought, oh, how interesting. So I paid attention to these feelings. I've tried to remember them now. And I think it's a really good bridge for me to connect with you because I assume that you are human and you might have these feelings in your relationship and and it's very dangerous. So I want to teach you like the skills that I used to move past it, even six days postpartum and not let it become a thing, a thing. So Maybe I was right to deal with it the way I did. Maybe I was wrong, but ultimately it was right for me because it's over now and the peace flowed through my relationship and stayed undisturbed. So my husband, 
receives a DM on Instagram from a woman that he casually dated after having met on one of those apps. And this is years ago. I mean, we've been married for two years. So, you know, before that, when he was living in Canada and single, whatever. And I know that everyone has a past. That's totally fine with me. We all are going to have exes. And that is something that a lot of my girlfriends don't like to confront. They're like, I don't want to hear about any of his exes. I don't want to hear about any date he's been on, even if it was casual. Like, I don't want to know about it. I don't really care. And this message said, um, oh, hey, small world. I have a mutual friend with one of your wife's exes. Like this woman who went on a few dates with my husband knows one of my exes. And uh, he read it out to me and he was like, oh, small world. And I had a choice. I was like, okay, what's my reaction going to be? Because number one, get off my lawn. That was my initial instinct of like, why are you messaging? Like, I don't know. My Everyone has different behavior, I guess. And just because someone's behavior is different from how I would behave, it doesn't make that person wrong. Did she do anything wrong? That's what I had to ask myself. Did, was it wrong to message him and say that? No. Was he wrong to what receive an Instagram DM? No. No one's wrong. It was a lovely, friendly message. Uh, would I look on social media and see that someone I casually dated just had a baby with their wife six days ago? Would I message them? No, I'm not an animal. Um, but some of us were raised by wolves. I <laughs> would never have said that message, but fine. And it was lovely. It was nice. Except how did it come up? I started to think how, what were you sat in your kitchen, like looking at social media? I don't know what happened. How was it raised that, oh, you know, this person that I used to date, oh, you used to date their husband on it. Like, how does that come up? And the answer is none of your business, none of your business, how it came up. None of my business, how that came up. I'm not fucking Galileo. I don't need to be sat here discovering all the mysteries of the universe. People are going to have opinions about me, talk about me or not talk about me. People are going to talk about my husband or not talk about my husband. Conversations are going to come up and those conversations are none of my business. I did not like that I had just had a baby and now the demon was brought into the room. I say demon. There are certain exes that I don't talk to or talk about. I don't want to hear their names. This is an ex who doesn't like me, won't have nice things to say about me. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that she was like, oh, we have this ex like of hers as a mutual friend, because I know that that wouldn't have been a um, complimentary conversation. There's no way in the world that this person would have been like, oh yeah, Catherine, I love Catherine. Great breakup, totally demolished me. Um, had a great experience with her. Like, <laughs> And this has happened before, even in my friendship circle. Um, someone from my team in like the creative arts and certain people in the creative arts, you know, they can be bitchy. Uh, someone came up to us and they said, oh, you know, I spoke to so-and-so who says that they're your friend. And I stick up for my friends way more than I stick up for myself. And I jumped in and I said, why would you bring that up? Because I know so-and-so doesn't like my friend. So why are you coming to her now and saying, oh, I ran into so-and-so who says hi. So-and-so didn't fucking say hi. So-and-so would have slagged my friend off to you. And instead of just keeping that to yourself, 
you've come to say, oh, I saw so-and-so who hates you. You don't do that. Do you know what I mean? And I'm trying to be diplomatic and discreet and not use names. And that might make the story confusing because it's confused me even saying it out loud. But no, you don't talk to someone who's someone's enemy and then say, oh, hey, um, we have this mutual person in common who hates your wife. (laughs) Like, not cool. So I think that's what irked me about it, too. So I'm left in this position where I don't feel great about what I've just heard, but no one has committed an offense. You know what I mean? I don't care if this lady reaches out to my husband. I don't care ultimately. Um, But I still felt like this increased heart rate. There was something I didn't like about it. And then I had to walk myself down from that hill. I was like, okay, Catherine, I took some time alone with a little cup of chamomile tea. And when I say chamomile tea, of course, I mean tea for tequila. Oh no, I had a little, a little drink and I went, Catherine, just have a chat with yourself. Get back to the roots of who you are. Let's get this Buddhist calm going. Why are you feeling, you know, this type of way? Do you feel threatened? No. Do you feel disrespected? No, not really. Do you feel like Bobby's going to leave you for this lady? I mean, no. And by the way, if someone walks out of your life, you let them go. If someone leaves you for like someone they casually dated on an app a few years ago, I mean, that is the best news ever. That's the best thing that can happen to you. Bobby's never going to do that. So I thought, what is bugging you about it? It's just silly. I think if I can be honest, I was also a little bit embarrassed by the message because you want anyone who has previously dated your partner to, if they know about you, like to, to think that you're cool. And this ex is such a fucking loser that I was just like, oh God, like now she thinks (laughs) that I am dumb. I had to just swallow that embarrassment. What I was left with is the only thing that bothered me about it, really, that interaction, was that I deemed it inappropriate because I don't like the ex and the ex doesn't like me and because I had just had a baby six days ago and the lady slid into his Insta DMs, like can obviously see on Instagram because we've posted it. But let's go back to my first instinct of we all have different behaviors and that's fine. And that calmed me down and I went, oh, you don't even need to raise this in your relationship. And this is the crucial element that I want to share with you because it's something that I learned from Cardi B uh, back when I was watching Love and Hip Hop or maybe it was one of her viral Instagram videos. Cardi B is a philosopher in many ways. You might like her, you might not. But she said this. She said, if someone's causing noise or doing something that upsets you, whatever it may be. These are not the words she used. It was far more expletives involved. You leave that outside. You don't bring that up at the dinner table and start having a conversation, giving it status, giving it power, acknowledging it in your relationship. This lady is not in my relationship. But as soon as I open my mouth and say to Bobby, well, I don't really think she should be messaging you. Then this woman is standing naked in my living room. You know what I mean? Don't give these things enough status to discuss them in your relationship. That's not what I'm going to be discussing in my relationship. What Bobby and I are going to discuss in our relationship is baby Fred 
It's what we're going to have for dinner. It's hilarious uh, times that we've had together in the car. We really laugh about it now, the time I nearly gave birth in the car a week ago. Um, We're going to talk about all the lovely messages that we've received. We're going to talk about the fact that, uh, ooh, this good Kirsten Dunst Florida something series has just become available on Netflix. We're going to talk about that. We talk about things in our relationship that are worth discussing, number one, and this wasn't, or that are positive and fun. And that's how my relationship stays, like, calm and peaceful. And if this was an important, you know, obviously if there was a problem, we would talk about it. But this was a silly little thing that wasn't a problem and it wasn't ever going to be a problem unless I made it one. And I actually loved having those feelings. I was like, ooh, I haven't had like a little like hot cheeks since I was a teenager about things like, well, no, that's not true. Twenty In my 20s, I got pretty like weird and jealous and possessive. But love is not possessive. Love is kind. And um, who am I to say that's inappropriate? I'm friends. Well, there's one of my exes that we dated properly. This is not like casual. He was my boyfriend for several years. And we're still very good friends. We talk all the time. His mother and I are friends. His mother just sent lovely gifts for baby Fred. Lovely gifts. I'm in touch with his mother all the time. Uh, Is that inappropriate? To some people, maybe it would be. And I really appreciate that Bobby has the trust and the presence of mind and the calm self-confidence not to care that I'm in touch with those people at all. And they're in touch with him as well, actually. My ex's mom messaged Bobby the other day about our postcode. And I mean, it's all good. And that is called being a grown-up. And you just have to take these situations and make a choice every single time. Be like, am I going to make an issue of this or not? If that happens to you, just remember that you must be in a very joyful situation because people understandably crave proximity to joy. So if you're in a good situation, there are going to be people who get in touch and message you and they go, oh, that's a good situation. I'm, I'm going to send a message. And sometimes you might not like that message and you just need to keep it moving. Keep it moving. And that is my Zen relationship advice today. Let me know if you agree with how I handled it. My email address is tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. Would you have lost your shit? Would you have dealt with it the same way? I think my main message is that you have a lot of control. Every action gets a reaction. You have a lot of control over that reaction, and it can help you in your life if you can keep your head together. So please enjoy that in your marriage, in your uh, dating life, in your work life. Please also enjoy these exciting messages from our sponsors. I recorded some good ones this week with some amazing little tips and treats for you. And when we return, I'm going to get to your emails. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Ooh, yes, this person is talking my language. When you title an email gluten, you have my interest. Gluten. Catherine, although I completely disagree with your anti-bread status on both this podcast and when you appeared as a guest on James A. Caster and Ed Gamble's Off Menu podcast, I realize that I eat a lot of gluten in my own life and I don't feel that it's doing me any favors. I'm looking to cut back, but I'm not sure how. All my family have always eaten lots of bread and cakes, and I'm unsure how to A, eat less bread and gluten than they do, even though I still live with them and I'm not involved in the food shop or meal planning, and B, still enjoy food as much as I do. You've spoken a lot about never having gluten-based products as a big part of your diet, so I was hoping you could help me by suggesting some good meals, cookbooks, or people to follow on social media. The other problem is that I have a business making cakes. Um, which is ironic, really. Yes, it is. Um, well, I think there's a niche in the market for a niche in the market, a gap in the market for um, gluten-free cakes. I know that gluten-free is more readily accessible now, but it wasn't certainly when my sister was diagnosed in 1988 with celiac and my mom had to really experiment with potato flour and rice flour and coconut flour and xanthan gum and all these different things. So Since I tested positive for markers of celiac, I stopped eating all gluten. But before that, I used to eat some, like I'd have a bit of cake now and then, or I wasn't particular about soy sauce. I mean, I've gotten ahead of myself because some people don't know what gluten is. It is like a binding agent in a lot of wheat, barley, rye, oats, breads, pastries, pizza, pasta, that kind of thing. Um, It is not usually in things like cheese or dairy or ice cream or it's not in any vegetable or fruit ever and then it appears sometimes in seasonings which is a surprise it's in soy sauce but you can very easily order tamari like gluten-free soy sauce off amazon or other retailers i don't follow anyone i don't make any special recipes i don't like think it's a big deal and I get really confused when people do and the celiac community has not been nice to me honestly like they're some of my least favorite community thus far sorry celiac community you're very sensitive and I get it like if I was shitting myself on dog walks I would be pretty sensitive as well but um I don't have it that severely and I don't like like my body doesn't want to eat a cookie I don't know like my body knows it does something to my immune system that's not digestive but i don't know i don't know gluten-free soy sauce rice noodles rice and big salads that have like chicken like i had a chicken caesar salad today delicious just take off the croutons if you want to have pizza scrape off the toppings and just eat that don't eat the base i mean that would be my advice for most people potato sweet potato curries and like spaghetti bolognese but do rice or rice noodles instead of the pasta You are a baker, so you have all the skills you need to make those pastry products using rice flour, potato flour, coconut flour, uh, xanthan gum, if you want. But I would personally just move away from that stuff. I don't try to eat gluten-free versions of that stuff. I just kind of don't like that stuff. But that's just me. The next email is titled, Do You Know Lube Can Kill Sperm? 
Yes, I did know that. Catherine, my partner and I are trying to get pregnant, but my first was easy. So I was wondering why it's taking so long. I had a Google and I learned that some lubes can make it more difficult to conceive because the lube affects or kills the sperm before it even gets to where it needs to be. There are lubes you can buy that are for those who need to use lube, but it doesn't affect the sperm. Honey, I knew this. So full disclosure, I am not a lube user. Um, <laughs> that's more than full disclosure. It's a lot of disclosure, but I mean, like, no, it's not a thing in my relationship. But when we were constantly, constantly getting pregnant for 18 months, I was reading about things, of course. Getting pregnant was not an issue for me, but I was reading on trying to conceive forums online because of recurrent miscarriage. So I was all part of like those chats and I was reading all the women pretty much unanimously recommend pre-seed, so P-R-E, seed, and it's made by first response, which is also my favorite pregnancy test. I have like favorites now. Um, And yeah, and that is a lubricant that helps sperm swim rather than like guck them up and stop them. So try pre-seed if you need lube and you want to get pregnant and good luck and make sure you're doing it right in the vag hole, right in the pussy hole. A lot of people, honestly, um, my doctor was saying they turn up and they have been doing it in the butt and that doesn't work or like coming on someone's belly button also doesn't work. So it's worth mentioning. It's okay. A lot of you are saying, Catherine, we knew that. A lot of people don't. So there it is. Another sex email titled, Catherine, I can't have sex. You cannot, or you may not, or you won't, or you will not. Catherine, I love your podcast. I hope you, Bobby, Violet, and Fred are doing well. Oh, and a little side note, a lot of people have inquired about the dogs, I haven't seen any emails about that yet today, but on social media, people are very concerned. The dogs are handling it um, mixed, I would say. Cardi feels a little demoted, but she's adjusting. I think she's the smartest of the dogs. That's the black poodle that we have. She'll, She'll be fine. Manny's a little bit shaken because he's my dog and he shakes all the time anyway. You know, these dogs, they shiver and piss from their eyes. He's sad. He seems sick or something, but I think he's just sad. So I've been trying to pay him extra attention. And then Megan, Meg Ryan, she doesn't know what's going on. Like if you told Meg, oh, by the way, you know that baby in the house, how you feel about it? She would not have even realized. There's definitely something wrong with Megan, but we love her and we don't judge. Back to you. Catherine, here's my dilemma. I'm an 18-year-old woman. I'm starting university in another city in September. However, I'm seemingly unable to have sex, and there are two reasons for this. Reason number one is that I get so attached to people. I can't have something casual. Ugh, you and me both. I had a one-night stand this week whilst visiting my new city, and we didn't have sex, but we did bits. Oh, <gasps> bits! Love Island's back June 28th. Yay! Did you guys know that? I'm so excited. But I have to start working a lot too, so I'm going to miss a lot of it. But we did bits, if you know what I mean. Yes, I do. Now I'm back home. I can't stop thinking about him and the way he cuddled me after. And part of me is hoping he messages me or tries to see me next time when I'm in the city. Why can I not just keep it casual? Reason number two. Well, let's do number one first. All right. There is a physiological, biological reason why you can't keep it casual. And Sarah Pascoe, my good friend and comedian, basically an anthropologist, sexual anthropologist, has told me about this. 
is the oxytocin, which is like the love hormone that floods your brain when you have any kind of, you know, well, you can have it from loads of pleasurable experiences in your life, but romantic touch and any sexual activity is one of the ways you get oxytocin. It's very addictive and you want that again. And nature sort of assumes that when we have sex, the animal part of us anyway, assumes that there's a baby. So nature goes, pair bond, pair bond now. You might have made a baby, especially because you're 18. So I mean, like, watch out. So your body knows that and it goes pair bond to this person so that they can help you raise the baby that is coming. I feel the same way anytime I mess around with someone. I would love to keep things casual. Uh, but every time when I was your age and, you know, until I met Bobby, who knows if that's why I'm with him now. You mess around with someone and your body pair bonds attaches to them and that's it. So you have to be so careful who you fuck with literally, if you're this kind of person. So it's totally normal. It's just your body and your hormones doing what they're meant to do. And of course, you did bits with this person because you probably like him. So it's very natural that you wouldn't want to be rejected, that you'd want him to like you, that it was a nice time, and that you would want to do it again. Reason number two is that I literally hate things inside of me. I've had consensual sex once, excuse me, but it took a lot of attempts to actually be able to do it. Now I'm so scared to try having sex with someone else because I it would be awkward if they weren't able to get it in. I even hate being fingered. I bled for two days after the last time I was fingered. A part of me thinks this fear has something to do, yes, okay, with the fact that I was sexually assaulted last summer. Oh no, but I'm not too sure. I would love to hear your take. Uh... Yes, I think it has a huge amount potentially to do that you were sexually assaulted last summer. I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, I am not a professional, but I think that you would benefit greatly from speaking to a professional. I think the best place to reach out for free in England is rapecrisis.org.uk. Um, they provide frontline specialist, independent, and confidential services for women and girls of all ages who've experienced any form of sexual violence at any time of their lives. I'm just on the website now. Last year, centers provided over 650,000 sessions of counseling, advocacy, and support. If you can go privately to a therapist, that's really good too, but I'm so happy that a, a multitude of charities in the UK um, which sadly are needed because women continue to be sexually assaulted and men. Um, I think that you should reach out to those immediately. I don't have to tell you, presumably, that what happened was totally not your fault. I'm so sorry that this happened to you. And I think it's amazing that we are taught to be so strong and move forward that you are even considering that this has nothing to do with your uh, hesitance to be entered you know what i mean you're like maybe it has to do with it maybe it doesn't you know regardless of that this is a really big deal and you deserve um, a rich and happy sexual life going forward and you will have that you can definitely put this trauma behind you and i just hope that you don't leave it too long that you get the resources to deal with it now because Every day that you're carrying this around is a day that you're not being fully happy like you deserve to be. So number one, it's very normal that you would get attached emotionally to someone that you even make out with. 
there's so many hormones and um, things firing off in your brain to make you feel that way. And that's okay. It's totally fine to get attached to the right person. I hope you're choosing the right people um, and you're going to have amazing relationships. But let's get this terrible, terrible thing that happened to you sorted and it will never define you and you will get it sorted. But I'm not smart enough to sort that. So thank you for writing me. I hope writing the email was therapeutic and we all are behind you. And please email me an update in a little while how you're feeling because that came out of absolutely nowhere. And I know that a lot of people are going to really be thinking of you and hoping that you feel good soon. One last email. It's called opinionated as fuck. Dear Catherine, this is the longest email address that I have ever typed. I understand why people get it wrong. Anyway, I'm a massive fan of your podcast because it's so authentic and you are hilarious. I like that the email address is long too. Thank you for writing me that. Um, I, it's kind of like a mini aptitude test before you get to write me an email. I feel it cuts back on the dick pics. It cuts back on a lot of nonsense. So anyone who writes telling everybody everything or telling if you can't spell telling, you know, please don't write me an email. You have other problems which require immediate attention elsewhere at your preschool. So, I mean, thank you for writing it all out. And uh, you passed. You're in. You got it right. And hello. I am South African. I'm a Muslim woman who has a lot of opinions. And sometimes I get in trouble for sharing them. Oh, yes. But I've been wanting to share my thoughts in a more constructive way. I'm thinking of something like a blog, a podcast, or a YouTube channel. Do you have any advice for me? I think I'm leaning toward a podcast, but I'd love some tips and wisdom. Hmm. Love the show. Love you. Sending love to little Fred. Thank you so much for writing me. I was not a fan of doing a podcast because I just didn't listen to them that much. And I kind of think looking back, the reason I didn't listen to them that much is because there are a lot of loud, meandering uh one perspective male podcasts I think I don't want to listen to a group of guys with the same opinion kind of natter on for four hours I, I don't know why they can't self-edit that's why my podcast is fucking short um they, a lot of them weren't for me now having said that I have some wonderful friends mostly in comedy and I like listening to their podcasts. It's like a friend in the kitchen or I love having it in the car or even use it to fall asleep. Um, it's a difficult one. And then I started it because same as you, I had some things to say and I had dealt with a lot of producers and I just felt like I wanted a hands-off project that I could record myself, produce myself, release myself, and I was in charge of it all. And that's how I've done it all the time. I mean, there is a white man in the room right now. It is Fred. Fred? But he doesn't interrupt. It's amazing. I think you should start a podcast and even a YouTube channel if you want that kind of commitment. My manager in America, my good, good friend, Josh, he's like, oh, all the American comics have it on YouTube. Do you want to put yours on YouTube? And the answer is no, because one of my tits is out. But you could do YouTube. And how you should do that is exactly how you started this email. You said, Catherine, I'm a massive fan of your podcast because it's so authentic and I just did my podcast like no one else. I don't often have guests. I don't always do interviews. I don't do what I see. I just did what I wanted to do. And I was very fortunate that some people gravitated towards that and they liked it. And that's what it's going to be for you for the rest of your life. You're going to do what you want to do. Some people are going to love it. Some people are really going to hate it. 
you have to be peaceful about it and and just release the content and your opinions in whatever constructive way you feel is most authentic to your voice. So I would love to listen to your podcast. I think it, you sound great. You can spell telling everybody everything. Um, podcast is my advice because the podcast community are so nice. And I found that by the emails and the interactions that I have, but also by doing live podcasts, I was really missing out for a long time. And this community needs more strong female voices. So welcome aboard. Thank you so much for listening to telling everybody everything at gmail.com. If you'd like to pre-order my memoir, my hilarious book, it is called The Audacity and it's available half off from some retailers, full price from other retailers. Don't know what that's about. None of my business. I would just really love it if you pre-ordered it because it makes me look good to my management and the publishers if you're gonna buy it anyway. We did a photo shoot for the cover. It is hot. You can hardly tell that I was 10 months pregnant in it. Um, I'm on tour with my brand new show, Misses, from September. It is like, I don't know, probably 60 dates all throughout the UK and Europe. And then hopefully I'll do some in America afterwards. People always ask if I'm coming to your city. Just go to livenation.co.uk and type in my name and you will see. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Thanks for supporting live comedy. Write me an email anytime, telling everybody everything at gmail.com. I respond to some of the ones that I don't get to read on air. I have received all your congratulations for Fred's safe arrival. Thank you so much for those. And I'll talk to you soon. I hope you have a great week. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.